0: Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for everyday living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Dao De Jing. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Dao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Dao in your own, unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Dao you can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao De Jing. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day, by listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 78 Staying humble There is nothing more flexible and yielding than water. And yet, there is nothing better for attacking the hard and rigid. There is nothing that can do what it can do. So it is that the rigid can be overcome by the flexible and the haughty by the humble. Yet even knowing this, Still, no one will put this into adequate practice. For this reason, it is said that the ones who accept the humiliation of the country are fit to be its rulers. Those who take the sins of the people onto themselves are able to act as king. This is the paradox of truth. That's verse 78 of the Tao De Jing, translated by the Tao of Rivenrock. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part, one idea at a time. Part one talks about soft and hard as water, and part two talks about seeking gifts everywhere. So part one is a concept that we've heard of before, water being so hard and so soft all at the same time. Water dissolves mountains into beaches, doesn't it? It breaks rocks into little, little tiny rocks we call sand. Of course, it takes a lot of time to do that, but water does it, and water doesn't have hard properties to it. It's amorphous. It flows around everything else that it comes into contact with. And yet, it still carves out gullies and gorges and rivers. It's crazy. When you think about it, right? Because the only thing that water needs is time. And that's something that we have, isn't it? So with our own humility, humility being our water that softness to us that that ability to be vulnerable that is what actually overcomes all the other stuff the stuff that seems like it's just impossible insurmountable and just solid at least that's my experience i've found that being vulnerable with others being vulnerable with myself being vulnerable with the Tao. All I need to do is let go and allow things to be as they are. And I usually find that the solutions to my problems usually present themselves. Of course, I need to take some action after that to make sure that I place myself in synchronicity with Tao. But once that work is done, I find myself in a place where... My softness is overcoming my hardness. So that's part one. Let's look at part two, which says, Seeking gifts everywhere. I think the clue to this whole thing is that second to last line, where it says, Those who take the sins of the people onto themselves are able to act as king. And then the final line, which is the paradox of truth. So seeking gifts everywhere really means to me, it means using the light of Tao to guide my way through the darkness. Um, we talked about integrating our shadows before. We talked about stealing the light, I think, in a previous episode. We talked about using everything that we can in order to place ourselves in harmony with the Tao. In other words, the, the good person is the bad person's teacher and the, the bad person is the good, te- good person's job. That concept. And I think we're just seeing a reiteration of that. It's basically like, okay, if I can accept other people and if I can see that they are who they are and I can honor that, whether I disagree with them or not, they actually start showing me what is important for me and important in my life and how they do that. Well, by providing Contrast, I see somebody over there and I say, you know what, I don't like that person or I don't want to be like that person or I think that person is doing it wrong (laughs) or whatever, right? And if I can stop for just a moment and ask myself, what's really going on here, Dan? If I go a couple of layers deep, I can usually find that that person is showing me what I am not. And when I see somebody that is what I'm not, then this concept of who I am comes into sharper focus. And wow, what a gift. Because until that point, was I really aware of who I really am or who I want to be deep down inside, you know, as an expression of Tao? No. I mean, it was there. Was I aware of it? Not necessarily, not to the degree that I am now, because I've had this wonderful experience of contrast. So the idea, I think, that we are exploring in part two, by seeking gifts everywhere, what I'm doing is I'm accepting and allowing things to be as they are. And when I have visceral reactions to that, using that as a tool to basically connect with my deeper self and if that's the case if I can do that man there are a lot of people that disturb me <laughs> and that's so much opportunity for me to connect with my deeper self and connect with Tao that way it's beautiful so let's go ahead and wrap that up let's remember that verse 78 has two parts to it part one is talks about being soft and hard as water. And part two talks about seeking gifts everywhere. So let's put that back together. I'll read verse 78 again. There is nothing more flexible and yielding than water. And yet, there's nothing better for attacking the hard and rigid. There's nothing that can do what it can do. So it is that the rigid can be overcome by the flexible, and the haughty by the humble. Yet even knowing this, still no one will put this into adequate practice. For this reason, it is said that the ones who accept the humiliation of the country are fit to be its rulers. Those who take the sins of the people onto themselves are able to act as king. This is the paradox of truth let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering staying humble there are two number one is strength and vulnerability and number two is our venerable teachers strengths and vulnerability. We've definitely talked about this one before. We've talked about losing identity. We've talked about baby animals and their cuteness and how no one, not even other animals, want to mess with them. We've talked about our beautiful inner natures and when we can see that in another person, we immediately experience compassion for that person. We also had a look at what it could mean to practice vulnerability with others. Now, for me, vulnerability is a one-two combo of defense and attack, if I were to put it in Kung Fu terms. There is nothing as soft as vulnerability, and there's nothing as hard as it. Yet it is not practiced. That's what I would say if I were paraphrasing this verse and using vulnerability instead of water. Lao Tzu says that hardly anyone can practice it, but, but why? What's so hard about vulnerability? (laughs) Well, Drawing on my own experience, there were many times when I was vulnerable with others and they took advantage of it to act selfishly. I let that affect my emotional well-being and so, it hurt me. And this even happened as recently as a week ago. I guess I'm one of those who can't practice it. (laughs) That's okay, I have something to work on, which I'm totally okay with. And thinking about this at first, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be so vulnerable that like I'm like a puppy or a kitten, so no one will want to mess with me. And then I'll remember that I also shouldn't just put myself out there. Like, I shouldn't intentionally make myself vulnerable on purpose. I shouldn't just walk into traffic just because. I shouldn't represent myself in a legal case. I shouldn't stand up and give my opinions to a group of people when it's unsolicited. I'm actually inviting disaster then. But the question comes up, how can I practice softness without irresponsibly putting myself out there? How can I be soft and hard at the same time? Well, it's definitely conundrum if I look at it from only one angle, vulnerability with others. Perhaps the answers lie in looking at other ways I can be vulnerable. So let's look at being vulnerable with Tao and being vulnerable with ourselves. So what does being vulnerable with Tao look like? I feel like this is kind of something like acceptance and a willingness to experience anything that happens in my life. (laughs) Now this is actually more scary than getting chewed up by a group of people, uh, at least for me. If I am to get vulnerable with the DAO, this means that any of my plans are null and void. That good spouse I want to be. That useful colleague I want to be. That loved by all friend I want to be. (laughs) Straight out the window. I need to give these up if I am to be vulnerable with the DAO. Yes. Way more scary. But, also... A better approach than just straight vulnerability with others. Because as I've experienced time and again, Tao provides. Tao never stops giving. I'm always, when I allow it, in the Tao's care. So, although it seems that I'm giving up my ambitions to do and be a good person, that automatically comes when I become vulnerable with the Tao. That's not to say that some lessons won't be seemingly painful or even abjectly horrifying. (laughs) But the Tao isn't selfish, mostly because it can't be, and therefore provides only positive growth opportunities for me, unlike a group of people with their own choices to be giving or selfish. So what does vulnerability look like for me with the Tao? Letting go of what I want and asking to be used as that empty clay vessel waiting for purpose. So now, if I am vulnerable first with a Tao and second with others, I stand a better chance at coming through any danger unscathed, don't I? So now, if I am vulnerable first with a Tao and second with others, I stand a better chance at coming through any danger unscathed, don't I? The softness of me and the hardness of the softest thou, protect me. Now There's another aspect I'd like to examine, and that's vulnerability with myself. I've learned that just like in front of others, I ought not put myself in places or situations that are dangerous just for the sake of being vulnerable. For example... I ought not do things or think things that put me in compromising positions. Things like indulging in desires and fantasies or things like judging others. I have found that these things, like little ego seeds I plant when I indulge in them, grow into choker weeds that I eventually have to tend to. (laughs) So there's being vulnerable responsibly with myself. But there's another opportunity. When I'm feeling a feeling, whether it's on the happy side of the spectrum or the sad side, being vulnerable with me means that I can take a moment to sit with that feeling without engaging with it and allow it to become part of me. I can invite it in to see what I can learn or experience from it. I have found that this often leads to an experience of truth with a capital T. And you know what? That is one of the most scary things around (laughs) compared to the chance that I'm taking with Dow. Experiencing a truth about myself is high octane scary. It's when I find out that I'm not who I thought I was. I'm not as fill in the blank (laughs) as I try to be, you know, that kind of stuff. But what happens when I'm vulnerable with me there? It may be shocking to learn that I have a learning disability or that my ego is what is really driving the compassion I express for others less fortunate than I, or that I am an average, run-of-the-mill human that will be born, live, and die without ceremony or significance. (laughs) But, But this shock, like jumping into water, is only temporary. What I find when I am in there, if I look and am patient, is a higher order of truth whose meaning transcends the importance I place upon any of those initially scary things. When I become vulnerable with me, the Tao in me shows me what's really going on, and I grow further into the truth about me, you, the world, the Tao, like the truth about all the things. So responsible vulnerability with others gives me the ability to give and receive help along my journey. Vulnerability with the Tao allows me to continue being guided on the path and vulnerability with myself allows me to see truth after truth. I become as water when I can practice vulnerability on all these levels. Soft and not worth messing with around others, amorphous and pliant in the care of Tao, and always seeking lower ground to get to the bottom of things when I'm vulnerable with myself. Our Venerable Teachers Recently, I have felt what I'd like to call woefully misunderstood. The issue specifics are less important than the way I felt when interacting with several groups of people. One group was very large, the other was smaller, but still in my friend circle, and the last one was at home. I found myself reacting strongly to one group, like not in a positive way, then transferring those frustrations to a smaller group. This time I was able to avoid taking my frustrations out on the folks at home, but a conversation did start going sideways. I'm grateful that we were able to catch it in time before it grew into a thing. My typical pattern of reactions to large groups I can't influence directly is this. The group adopts a position with which I disagree and I judge it as wrong. Then the people in the group act And since they're wrong anyway, anything they do thereafter is, of course, amoral and despicable. The judgment cycle continues. Then, when I see members of that group in day-to-day interactions, I reserve myself and withdraw my willingness to think anything about them that resembles compassion, contentment, or humility. And there are also the nasty thoughts I entertain at each step of the way, which only solidify my resolve to stay away from our three treasures when thinking about the group. You know, the compassion, the contentment, and the humility. (laughs) Lao Tzu says that the one who can take on the troubles of the world and one who can tend to calamities for the sake of all beings is qualified to rule it. So I don't want to rule anything, but I do want to contribute to our collective growth and well-being. So I think that moving toward this ideal will have a similar result. This time, I decided to break the pattern. I decided to acknowledge my feelings and thoughts as it pertained to this and the smaller group. I sat with my feelings. I was as mindful as I could be at the time. In the midst of feeling them, I would catch myself indulging in them. I knew I was indulging when I noticed judgments or fantasies about particular outcomes. I just tried my best to allow the feelings to be there, and I welcomed them. And then, something wonderful happened. I dropped my resistance to the feelings, and a flood of realizations gradually washed through me. I began to understand why I was uncomfortable with the group, why I reacted the way I did. And that led to other realizations that were tangential to the original issue. Once realized, I had the opportunity to explore those whys, and look for false belief programs I had been running in the background. I took the chance to undo them as best I could, and after this work was complete, I knew a new freedom. Without this larger group, I would not have released myself from some of my old ego thought feeling patterns. Now, I still don't have to agree with the group or its members and can work toward changing it for the better, but I could be grateful for it and ask for the willingness to extend my own compassion, contentment, and humility towards its members when I have the occasion to do so. Different from enabling, sometimes compassion means denial. Sometimes contentment means resistance. and Sometimes humility means setting and enforcing boundaries. In any case, exercising the three treasures comes from a place of harmony, of love. Not vindictive denial. I have found that the people with whom I viscerally disagree despite my misgivings are turning out to be my greatest teachers as I continue my journey with the Tao. Just by being who they are, they show me the change I don't want to be in the world. They give me opportunities for immense personal growth. They are my venerable teachers. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. To summarize my experience with this verse today and considering staying humble, I thought about two things. The first was strength and vulnerability. And the second thing I thought about was our venerable teachers. For the final piece of this episode, Let's consider how we can apply the principle of staying humble in this verse today. I'd like us to practice sitting with our venerable teachers today. Think back to a time when you were with a teacher and they offered you insights that changed the way you thought about things. Can you remember who that was? Bring up a picture of them in your mind. Are you fond of them and the lesson they imparted? Now what strikes me, along with the lesson, is the selflessness with which my teachers helped me. It is a beautiful thing, and along with that observation comes a feeling of connectedness. As we practice sitting with our venerable teachers in this verse today, let's ask the Tao to help us set aside any preconceived notions we have about ourselves or even the Tao. Let's ask the Tao to show us something new today. Thank you. Let us consider that the people with whom we disagree are also our teachers. They impart lessons to us just as our other teachers do. We may not be as receptive to their lessons, but if we look hard enough and sit with them, we also find life-changing perspective shifts. At least, that's been my experience. So I'd like to invite you to explore this with me today. I'm going to ask you to bring into your mind's eye the people with whom you disagree on either policy, their actions, their actions toward other people, or anything else. Just pull up an image of these folks. And perhaps you've had a personal disagreement with them at home, at work, or with friends, or perhaps you've disagreed with them in general. Let's keep in mind that we can allow those people to be as they are, traveling on their own journey, just like us. Let's also keep in mind that this doesn't mean we have to approve of them. We're just allowing them to be human, like we are. Let's try to temporarily suspend judgment. Alright, so let's now think of the last thing these people did that caused a visceral reaction inside of us. Without indulging or fantasizing in the frustration this produced within us, let's just sit with the feeling for a moment. We can ask things like, what feeling does this stir up right now? Can I allow this feeling to be here? Would I be willing to drop any resistance I have to feeling this feeling right now? Would I be willing to spend some time with this feeling? Would I be willing to be vulnerable with this feeling? If it started out as anger, maybe it's changed a little now to sadness or a feeling of hurt or disappointment. It's okay. We'll just let it develop and settle a bit and observe. Now we can ask, why am I feeling sad, disappointed, or hurt? And remember to keep the focus on you and not the other people. An example might sound like, I'm feeling hurt and saddened after this person's actions affected me in some way. I'm feeling this way because this runs counter to the way I see the world. And this makes me feel sad. And it's good to allow this feeling for a moment. There's a part of you that is vulnerable right now. Vulnerable with you and the doubt. We're being honest. Now, let's consider this feeling. Can we also observe how we're feeling hurt because we have compassion for the world and others around us? Could we consider that our sadness is really just an awareness of that which we hold dear? Instead of being angry, sad, or hurt, Isn't this really an opportunity for us if we take it to connect with our feelings of compassion for ourselves and the others that these people affected? Can we take a moment to now connect with this beauty? These feelings of compassion? Can we focus on the joy that this compassion brings us? The good times? Can we look at this and now wonder how we can connect with others around this compassion? Could we change the world by being open to contributing to the things that give vitality to this compassion? Now let's hold those original people in our minds again the ones who seemingly caused our disturbance and consternation earlier. Can we be grateful for them? (laughs) They've just helped us to connect with ourselves on a much deeper level, haven't they? And let's compare their lessons with that of our loved teachers. It's a different feeling for different situations, but both of them have imparted lessons to us, haven't they? Let's take a moment to appreciate how the Tao always provides, no matter if it comes in packages that seem negative or packages that seem positive. Let's appreciate the lessons we receive from our venerable teachers. And with that, we will close today. Thank you for considering with me how we can apply the principle of staying humble. To close out this episode, I will leave you with a final reading of verse 78 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by the Tao of Rivenrock. There is nothing more flexible and yielding than water. And yet, there is nothing better for attacking the hard and rigid. There is nothing that can do what it can do. So it is that the rigid can be overcome by the flexible, and the haughty by the humble. Yet, even knowing this, still no one will put it into adequate practice. For this reason, it is said that the ones who accept the humiliation of the country are fit to be its rulers. Those who take the sins of the people onto themselves are able to act as king. This is the paradox of truth. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things one, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching, two, we break it down into everyday language, three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace.